Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Sports Day. Yeah, good evening. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey, Sports Day SA, all thanks to Irrigear. To save time and water, Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. Port Adelaide are gone. Melbourne are gone. Carlton lived to fight another day. So too the Giants. And awaiting them is Brisbane and Collingwood. Also a very sad weekend. Uh, lost a couple of, uh, well, legends really of the game. And one in particular, Ronald Dale Barassi. He passed away. Had a fall. Uh, hasn't been all that well in recent years, and Malcolm Blight knows him very well. And uh, Kevin Neal, Cowboy Neal too, but real character of the game as a welcome. Malcolm Blight is also a character of the game. How are you going, Blighty? <laughs> Good, David. Yeah, um, yeah. Gee, it was a mixed mixed bag on the weekend, wasn't it? I, um, some people have asked me to, you know, commentary on on I'm Sure, they would have gone. And also, Cowboy Neal, Cowboy reasonably well too. But I, I just did, wanted to say at the start of the show, condolences to Cheryl, his wife, and, and also Ron's children. I mean. I mean, it's always the hardest part, as we all know, that as we go through that. Now, wherever you lived in Australia, and this is what I found, he was the biggest name in football around the country yeah. in his day. And I used to work, as you know, uh, we all worked in our day, David, and we played footy on the weekends. But I used to go to Sydney and Brisbane a lot, New South Wales and Queensland. I'd go up there, people found out who I was. The only name they knew about AFL football and that was Ron Barassi. Yeah. That's how big he was, mate. He was amazing. I one of the records that he's got, and it's only second to another person. Uh, it's John McHale, but he, he was involved in seventeen grand finals. David, seventeen player and coach. It, it is an amazing record, and he used to write. And every time he signed a signature, it would be seventeen for ten. Six winning and four. Yeah, four. Yeah, yeah six for playing. Four. But the four uh, four different clubs. We know who they are. But he also talked about growing the game in Australia and he put the overseas slant on it, which Kevin Sheedy's sort of picked up of later years. Now, people have asked me what was he like. Well, I can assure you, and I've seen a few former players, Sam Kikovic, Robert Walls have all spoken about it. He was the most demanding person, the most demanding coach you could ever think. No excuses. He, oh, Jesus, could he give it to you? Now, he coached hard on mistakes. Now, that, that's really good because you learn. If you don't learn, you jump down your throat again. Yep. But he wasn't great on what... Praise? Praise. No, what you expect to do. And I remember having this conversation with Lee Matthews about the great John Kennedy. Of, they were the, of that ilk. They would be at you and at you and at you, but would never praise you. So the only reason you got praised was after you won a premiership. It's an interesting theory, mm. isn't it? Now, but one of the great things that Ron Barassi did, there's a lot of things that I had many conversations with him over the years. But he introduced me and the North Melbourne Football Club, as it turned out then, to the TV video analysis. Because we played in matches of the day, and very fortunate, mm. played in a lot of finals, etc. we would go to Channel 7 Studios and he would replay the team we are about to play or what we had done. So as a young player, moving to Melbourne as I was, it just fertilised my mind that what you could do to teach the game, to teach the technique of the game, 
Not that he did that much. He teach you how to not make mistakes. But I mean, it was just interesting that that was that fertilised my mind to become a coach. And just to go on with that, um, you mentioned he is more into the mistakes and, yep. and correcting those. So you, you could do nine good things and one bad thing, but the thing that gets highlighted is a mistake. You went on to become an amazing coach, and people said you were hard, very hard yep. too, hard but fair. So did you? try and take a lot of what Brassy taught you, but also tinker perhaps another side. If you do something well, you get a pat on the back. Yeah, I think so, hopefully. I mean, I started out a bit that way, but as you as you learn and as you realise, I mean, the greatest thing you can teach a player is how to get better with his skill set, right? I mean, whether that be competitive handball, marking, kicking, and I found that the more interesting part because you could show it on a video yeah. to show them. So Was Brass hard to all? Like, uh, or there, uh, the he, older players. Favorites or? Uh, look, I can tell you now, he actually backed off me and a lot of my ilk after we won our second premiership, you know, because maybe he got a kick and, you know, he could actually see something through the cloud. Because I think he used to get clouded sometimes. I always say, if you saying, pick on the best, the others fall in line. <laughs> I've always said that. So, can I tell you one quick story? And I'm, um, as you got to know him and, you know, became, I, I could talk to him in the end, you know. Be, one of the things he said, we were at a function one night and he said he was on our table. I just happened to be sitting next to him, Patsy and myself. And he said, you know, one of the strangest things about my football life, and I, he's, he said, not one player has ever asked me home for dinner. True. And he I, I right? said, not one player, not one player His had whole... ever asked him out, never asked him out anywhere to any function with them or to their home for dinner. Patsy, sitting alongside of me, she would have only been 25 or 26. Well, what are you doing next Wednesday night? I want you and Cheryl to come to our place. Wow. This is as true as I sit here. And if Patsy was listening now, she'd say, and Cheryl would say the same as wife. They came for dinner that night. We had two young kids at the time, Adam and Melanie. We had the best night. Now, can I also say, I probably shouldn't say this now, this is Wednesday night. This is one of the few, a few nights. few Reds were drunk. Yeah, yes. A few Reds, yeah. I could just guess. Yeah, and it was a very, very late night. Yeah. I'm not going to I'm, I'm not going to dob you in brass up there. Did you I'm kick a few do... on the weekend, did yeah, you? Yeah, no, we played really well. Oh, so that we did, and some, it was just a different – I had a different environment. Yeah. But you can actually see that. You can actually enjoy his company from then on in. It wasn't as negative with me and others. Well said. I think we can all celebrate Brassy's life, um, even the people that don't know him, but – you can't celebrate what Port Adelaide did on the weekend. Adam Straight sets you. Had a bit of faith in them. You, yeah, I tried you to. You gave them the benefit of the doubt yeah, being I did. home. But they are miles off the pace. I'm, I think 23 points, to be honest, is flattering. Very flattering. Can I just – one of the – oh, we're talking to a few people tonight, but the mystery to me – this is the mystery. You beat them by 51 points four weeks ago. Now, they've done a lot of things right. What changed? What dynamic in that room – I'm talking the coach's room here, or the players. What happened in that internal combustion called the Port Adelaide Football Club to, to change 12 goals, David? Yeah, 12 Port, goals in our game is a, is, is a lifetime. Port Adelaide only had three changes, I think, and maybe four. And the Giants had two, the two little fellas, Bedford and, and Daniels. So that's, that's it wasn't all. really like the I mean, they weren't, change much. They weren't best on ground or anything no. like that. What if, I, what if I said to you what change Port Adelaide played? This is your pet hate. At least four players that went up to it oh, injury-wise. And I throw Dersmer and Alier and Marshall, as well as the ones that are well-documented. Dixon. Now, I, yeah. I, I had a discussion in a coach's box at the Gold Coast Suns. I'm going to say this. I, didn't, I, I thought about it today, and I'm going to say it. 
Guy McKenna was the coach. Ken Hinckley was the assistant coach in the box, and I was sitting in the box just trying to help out, do something in the background. And I said to them about, oh, hang on, he... he Player A or... Yeah. Um, he didn't train the major training session. I said, oh, we don't do that now, Malcolm, because we've got all these great scientists helping us out. I said, you're kidding. So this young fella, two days out from the game, you're not, he's not training and you're going to play him with a leg injury. Anyhow, that particular game, I'll give him their due, he got through it. Two weeks later, same thing, injured. Three weeks later, same thing. I told him, I said, you blokes won't learn. Don't take your eyes at the best judge. I don't care. Any medical person, right? This is We're not talking about death and dying here. We're talking about a strain and mm. watching someone on the track. And I reckon I can see when a bloke's not actually going really hard. I was the best one at it. So you don't train, you don't play. Yeah, I think, I think Port have got a few average players when it comes to when the pressure goes up. They won a lot of close games during the year, but finals are a different uh, cap, that's for sure. And I, I think they may have to make changes. We're going to have a look in the last segment, a bit more depth, talk to Bryce Gibbs about that. Yep. We'll take Troy in a moment. Just This is a good oil. It is good oil too, thanks to Cobram Estate. Premium Australian extra virgin olive oil at Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil. Where are they? Well, they're in northern Victoria, grown, harvested and first cold pressed. Hello, Troy. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten over Saturday night, I think. Um, That's quick. Condolences, Malcolm, about the, the great Barassi. I've got a story for you, but uh, I'll give you two words. GWS, we're a team, and you boys were just talking about injured players. I've never seen it work yet. And, um, you know, boys, when you go to the doctor, the doc, when you get a bit older, I'm 57, so... You know, just, a young, just a young buck. There, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. God, oh, you're, only, you're only a whippersnapper. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much for that, boys. Yes. Um, but the thing he said is always listen to your body, isn't it? Yep. And when you don't, you pay for it. So football's no different. Now, Malcolm, you've probably heard a lot of stories um, about Ron Barassi, but I heard on another radio station on conversations he had um, it was actually on the ABC. I think it was Richard Seidler. Oh, yeah, Richard Seidler. Yeah, yep. great, great series. Yeah. yeah. Now, the story was, uh, I don't know if it was 75, but anyway, I think it was the first premiership they won. 75. And Barass and, yeah, um, Barass and he kept saying his mate, he never dobbed anybody in. The bus was leaving at 10.30. Do you know this story, Malcolm? No, keep going. Okay. Yeah, well, the bus, the team bus was leaving, I assume, to go back to North Melbourne at 10.30. Well, Barass wasn't on the bus. So they said, no, nah, we're going. So next thing, um, this copper seen Barass, uh, Ronnie Barassi, and he said, oh, what's wrong, Ronnie? Oh, I've missed the bus. And he said, oh, I'll help you out. So he took him through the crowd with his mates. And um, he, there was a bloke in the back of the paddy wagon, and the bloke and the cop said to the bloke, "It's lucky you're lucky night, mate. Now get out of here." So Ron Barassi and his mates hopped in the back of the paddy wagon and <laughs> went to cel- keep celebrating. Oh. It was an absolutely fantastic story. Yeah. I, you know what? Yeah. I've not heard that story since 1975. Is that right? I think it is right. <laughs> yeah. Because we went back to Arden Street. I like the way. 
yeah, I like I like the way he never dobbed anybody else in Malcolm. That's why I asked if you made if it may have been one of them. But it was a brilliant story and a great man and a great life. Well Sadly done. missed. Well yeah. done. One of them went lights and sirens there with brass on the back. I think I remember that story now. Yeah. Teddy Wynn did the same thing, I reckon, held up the yeah. at a state of origin. The boys <laughs> had to walk to the to the ground the last uh, bit. But yeah. um Ken Hinckley, you can't pile all the blame on Ken Hinckley, can you? What about the lads that actually get out on the ground and kick the football and handball the mark? I everywhere you'll never hear anyone other than say it's a shared responsibility. It's an all club thing. Of course it is. It's an all club thing. Now, what actually happens, the players carry it out. Now, okay, they didn't do it to the letter of the law and they lost the game of footy. Everyone loses at some stage. The fact now that that's the fifth sudden death final that this group. Well, that's why I ask, is the squad good enough? I've got them number five or six. On the, and the other question before we go to a break, should they have made that call or did, Kent, or did Koshy dig a hole for himself saying, we're going to make an announcement in August? Now, obviously, when you win 13 in a row and you're sitting in second position, you've got to reappoint him. But what's wrong with waiting to the end of the year to make a decision, well, see what, how you've gone in the finals? Well, what decision do you reckon they would have made? Now? They, they've made virtually not quite top four, but they've been right in the hunt yeah. again. Would, would it have changed, do you think? No, have I don't not, think it would have. Okay. Have a look at Chris Scott. From He won one flag. Well, at least he won a flag. And then he took 10 years. Yeah. A lot of prelims. A lot of prelims. So at some stage or other, you know, I've always said a club's got to put their, you know, put their finger on it and say, well, hang on, we're going to stick with this guy now. Um what about the most years without a grand final? In 11 years now, I think he's got the record. Has he? Most years coached without a GF. And you know, Does you know, that have any weight? Yeah. You know, just very quickly, you know, when they won by 50 points a few weeks ago? Yes. They kicked 21 goals. That's 10. when they reappointed him. Yeah, 21 goals, 10. Yes. Right? This time, they've kicked nine goals, 16. Well, what does that say? Hello. What does that tell you? What does that tell me about most teams? What does it tell you about the Melbourne Football Club? They got beat 10 17, 10, 17. and 7 15. And they say, and you know, this is, oh, I'd love to see, once again, David, I'd love to see, I can't, I live in a different spot, but however, they goal kicking, key to football. You should be a coach, you make a lot of sense. The all electric Kia EV6 GT supercar still to come. Bryce Gibbs, uh, top seven, lost in the wash. Don't forget the NFL line to catch every NFL game this season. For the game pass only on Darzone, visit nfldazn.com forward slash NFL. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Yeah, Malcolm Blight and David Wildey, Sports Day SH and big finals this weekend to Brisbane and Carlton, the Giants and Collingwood. They might push Collingwood. Lost in the wash, though, thanks to Polaris. Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand Polaris plate clearance deals are on now. Save $2,000 in the range of 1,000 EPS, plus get $1,000 free accessories. Blighty, you saw the cricket, no doubt. Yeah, I watched it for a while. You're like me, we the remote controls. I drive Gale mad. I watch about eight different shows at once. Anyhow. They've they've lost yeah three in the row against South Africa, yeah. um, sloppy fielding, poor bowling, oh. you name it. But the Proteas, um, nine for three hundred and fifteen, number nine batsman it hit about fifty of three overs. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Australia just using this a bit of an experience, and the Wallabies amazingly 
Lost to got, Fiji. I know, got beat. That's amazing, isn't it? We're, we're live from SEN's SA Studio, Lumo SA, one King William Street. We've got the probably the pick of the spots in South Australia, right on the corner of North Terrace and King William Street. And we're powered by Lumo Energy SA. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today, David. Now, you got the Kia Top 7. Yeah, the I've got them. Kia EV6. Here we go. Let's go. Kia Top 7, number 7. Well done, Sturt Football Club and Marty Matner into his third grand final. How many grand finals has Sturt won off the top of your head? Uh, 16. 15. Pretty uh, good. No, no, that's all right. Within yeah. one. Take that. Okay. Top seven. Number six. Congratulations. Well done, Glenelg. Last week got into the grand final. Yeah, it should be a good grand final. And you're sort of half glad they did get in, Sturt, rather than the Crows. Oh, well, I wanted the Crows to win just to see me... all the whingers. Oh, <laughs> say, what about this? Oh, the, the, you mean the sookie, sookie, la la Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well done, Stephen Coniglio. Played really well for the Giants. Uh, 22 possessions at halftime. Best on ground, clearly. Probably best on ground for the night. And I'll anyhow. tell you, uh, Carlton Sam Walsh, he is a star. Gun. Gun. Gun, Malcolm. Number four in the top seven. Number three in the top seven, Jesse Hogan played one of the best games I've seen him play. I know he only kicked four goals four, but he looked dangerous because Port Adelaide really didn't have a defence. Well, the best game he played Ever was probably two weeks ago. 17 marks, nine goals against Essendon. But this is more important. Uh, he could have kicked six, couldn't he? Yeah. Easy kick six. Yeah. And is Aaliyah just dropped off too, just yes, on that? just a fraction. Okay. Yep. Number two in the Kia top seven. Congratulations on Brisbane last week making the preliminary final. You're congratulating a lot of people tonight. Yes, I I'm am. just getting Because you theme. know why? I'm, I'm, I'm praising people. What about Inga doing the panelling and Ben out the phones and Ben's me here? been fantastic. And don't forget about Paul in WA, ah, who, yeah. who's, who's overriding everything we see tonight. We'll say, yeah. is that right? Wait the endless show before you give out. <laughs> <laughs> now, number one in the Kia Top Seven. Congratulations, well done, the Collingwood Football Club, getting last week into the primary final. Well done there. What's your early gut feel? The the boys have been sitting home with the feet up. Brisbane hard to beat at home. Ah. Oh. Collingwood have been my tip all year, so Can I'm not, say, not I wavering. No, I didn't get any right on the weekend, but I'm not unhappy. I went with my gut feel of Melbourne. I thought they'd improve. And you know what? They should have won. Oh, it. Melbourne should have yeah, won. We, I no doubt. We could, we could talk more about them, I reckon. There's something. They're not that bad still. And Port Adelaide, well, I lost another home final. I think if you, I, I think the great Malcolm Blight has to reassess Port Adelaide. I could, I could and I did after the game mention about nine players that I think either for durability – or not being able to hit a target. And these, some of these are good players too. Power Pepper's had a great year, but he's not ideal to pass from A to B. Um, I don't think Travis Boak, A to B, is great, or Ollie Wines, and they, but they've been wonderful players for a long while. Can you, can you go on and win grand finals when you've got players that can't hit a target? It makes it much more difficult, David, as we well know. But those youngsters, they'll learn. I thought they would have learned from the week before. Rosie Butters, those guys. But anyhow, they'll be better for it, David. I'll guarantee where, you. Where did you have Port at the start of the year? Uh, Around the eight? I think Around so, the, yeah. I think I had them just in. in just in or just out? They One certainly didn't have them finishing. Should have been second half the minor round. So that's where Ken Hinckley hasn't been all bad. 13 in a row. Something's got to be going right. They've got to learn from it. What's your record for most in a row? Nine, I think. Oh, so 13 beats 9. One of the rare times you've been beaten. Yeah, but made a grand final still. Take a break, Bryce Gibbs. Not far away. And uh, Bryce playoffs, he played for Carlton. You can look at the Glenelg Sturt grand final next week.
Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. David Woody and Malcolm Blight for tyre power. The big footy final salon. Enter the Vegas competition by four Toyo Open Country tyres. How good's that, Blighty? Oh, Unbelievable. Up there. Let's welcome man. He's been at a wonderful career, AFL level. Started off as a young man. and he's All he's known is footy, really. Carlton, Adelaide, Glenelg, South Adelaide. His name's Bryce Gibbs and he joins us now. Hi, Bryce. How are you? G'day, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Lot to talk about. Let's start with Port Adelaide. That's probably the most recent uh, um, poor performance. Really, the final, whole finals poor. In fact, perhaps their last six or eight weeks poor. But gee, when you walked away from that game, they are a long way behind some of the clubs in front of them, and I include Melbourne, Collingwood, uh, the Giants, perhaps even Carlton, and maybe one or two others. How did you see the the game on the weekend? Yeah, it was certainly disappointing if you're a Port Adelaide supporter, uh, and I mean. They had such a great block throughout the year, you know, winning a record number of games for the club in a row, 12 or 13 or whatever it was, to, to set them up for a top four spot, which we thought might give them the opportunity to, to have a couple of home finals uh, at one point in time. But, um, yeah, just sort of they've really struggled in, in big games, haven't they, and in big moments late in this season. And what was one of their onewoods in that winning streak was their, their contest, their, their stoppage work around the ball. And, and the Giants, we know, have got some really good players in and around the footy oh, yeah. uh, through yeah. the midfield. But, but they just bashed them up, didn't they? And they just wanted the ball a lot more. And, and I, it's chalk and cheese for what we saw earlier in the year when Port were flying to what they dished up in, uh, in a, essentially it was an elimination final. And, um, yeah, it was left a really sour taste in your mouth, mouth if you if you follow the, the power. So, um, yeah, I certainly thought they would bounce back a little bit after uh, a disappointing second half against the, the Lions last week. And um, I, I knew the Giants would would wouldn't give it to them easy, but I didn't see them smacking them up uh, as as much as they did on the weekend. No, Bryce, the most disappointing thing for me. This is, I mean, I ended up picking Port Adelaide. I thought at home four weeks ago. They beat them by 51 points. Now, you can change one or two players. That's not, you know, that's going to shake a little bit, but it's not going to mean the whole thing. I, something w- went horribly wrong, either maybe for the GWS when they learnt more. Port learnt nothing out of beating them by 51 points, and that is a bit of a tragedy. Yeah, maybe they thought it might just happen, Blighty, after, after having a good win against them not that long ago, but... Uh, you know, as I mentioned before with the midfield, when, when they were dominating those games, they're obviously winning contests and clearance and playing a forward-half game. And, and we know Port Adelaide's probably deficiencies lie in their back line. So when a team gets on top of them around the ball and driving the ball inside 50 and putting their defence under the pump, they just couldn't couldn't stand up. So, um, uh, you know, finals, I think it's won and lost around the midfield. And and maybe they were a little bit complacent and thought they, uh, you know, they had things in place because they had beaten them, as you said, by 50 points not that long ago. But um, when it's all said and done, Port Adelaide, uh, even though they've gone on to, to play some good footy at times this year, they just haven't quite stood up when the big games and, and in the big moments when it's counted. Bryce, I reckon yeah, the skill levels chalk and cheese. You, if you have individuals of the Giants up against Port Adelaide. Nearly everyone in that side can kick a footy. Nearly everyone. Maybe maybe one or two. Porter got six or eight. You can't trust with the ball. They, they can get the ball, 
well, they can't deliver it. And, and if you can kick a footy halfway, then they've got some incredibly talented um, players, the Giants. I, I think I think they'll push Collingwood. I'm still tipping Collingwood, but they've got the game that can take on anyone. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And they've got a good mix of inside and outside, isn't it? When you think of Green, Ward, uh, Canelio, uh, in and around the ball, and then getting it out to the guys of like Whitfield and Kelly. And Kelly. Um, it's, it's, it's certainly a dangerous mix. And, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you with the with the Port comment. I mean, Butters and Rosie, if sort of, we know they're actually quite good kicks, uh, Horn Francis, but if they're starved of possession or, or opportunity, um, there's not a whole lot else out there. I mean, um, who, uh, Houston actually kicks the ball yeah, pretty well. Miles um, Bergman's not too bad. Um, Farrell, obviously, they, they like getting the ball in his hands, but if, if the supply's not in and around the ball getting it out to these guys, um, yeah, they, they have struggled in games with their kicking. Uh, playing one of my golf partners today. Well, I did play okay. Thanks, Bryce, for asking. But um, can I just say, they, I, I didn't know this, but I, and I'm not sure and I haven't done the numbers on it. He was saying in the Ken Hinckley reign that apparently they've only won 30-odd percent when they've played a team in the top eight. Yeah, and yet he's and got 20% top four. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that one. But uh, And yet he's got nearly a 60% win rate. Because they beat... The lower sides, and there's 10 lower sides, aren't they? 10 yeah, or 12 yeah. lower sides. I, he I wins mean, that's most a, of those. That's a really interesting mm. stat, isn't it? That what you're saying is that there maybe are, over the journey, we've probably, I probably have too, probably overrated them a bit, if that's right. I've never done it. I've never dealt down that low well, deep into the, into the win-loss well, ratio. Well, let's ask Bryce. Bryce, I've always, and I've asked Malcolm this the last two or three years, has Ken Hinckley got the best out of, that squad is uh, is the squad good enough? I mean, could anyone else have got more out of that? Because there are a lot of holes there. You're, you're you're relying on Butters and Rosie Houston, maybe a couple others, but there are a lot of holes in that team. Yet he's got them, you know, top four again, but hasn't been able to go on. So is he has he done the best of that squad, or could someone else you reckon have done better with that squad? Well, you you probably look at six weeks ago, uh, you know, we're probably saying how good of a job he is doing, uh, obviously on off the back of a 13-game yep. win streak yep. and everyone was calling for him to, to sign him up real quick because, you know, he's got this, this team and squad up and humming. So it's, it can change quickly. Um, and, oh, oh, look, I mean, I, I just keep hearing the players. Every time the players have had interviews in the media and they've been asked about Ken Hinckley, uh, not only this year, but but years previous, they've always got they always sing his praises and and hold him in high regard and and tell him or tell us that you know, how good of a relationship he's got with all the players and it's hard to to waver from that when you when you're probably the the key um, guys making these decisions on your coach and, and the key stakeholders um, when when the players are you know bought into what the coach is doing that's half the battle sometimes so. Um, then they go on an amazing win streak and, and everyone's singing his praises. But then, yeah, I think that, that percentage that you said, Blighty, about uh, not winning against the, the top sides, uh, as I said, I reckon that just backs up my statement that they just haven't been good enough in big games, in mm. big moments, whether that's finals footy or that's top-of-the-table clash or uh, big Friday night games that they're, they're expected to win. They, they just can't get it done. Didn't they, the Crows beat them twice this year, didn't they? Yeah, well, I mean, that, and yeah. well. Well yeah. I, now the other thing is, and I do know this because that's the fifth sudden death final he's lost in his time, and four of them have been at home. I mean, that's 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 nearly sacrilegious, isn't it? Yeah. 
You can't. That's sudden death. Can I just? And I hate to say this, but I'm, I had a look today. I was never involved in a, in a um, straight sets loss in 40, 55 yeah, finals. Quarter 13, 16. 13 wins, 16 losses in finals over the yeah. entire time. But I just I can remember, you know, the great Ronald Barassi that we spoke about earlier. Mate, if we lost a final. you got to win the next one. Mate, mate, and I tell you what, I was exactly the same. If we lost a final... We didn't yeah. win. The, we didn't. We didn't lose the next one. Yeah. Well, I suppose Bryce on the on the good news. Carlton have been out for so long. It's quite ironic. They go back to Brisbane. Was that their last final they played when Vossi was coach of Brisbane against Carlton in Brisbane? Yeah, I think there is some some weird stat around that. So it is fitting that uh, he heads up to Brisbane uh, in an elimination final. So it's going to be probably some mixed emotions for some of the the Lions supporters. Um, so obviously they'll be happy if they win, but they might uh, still be slightly happy that they'll uh, get bowed out to to Vossi's Carlton. So um, yeah, I mean they were they played they played well. There's no doubt about that on Friday night and. Uh, it's still the game's still come down to, to some critical moments. I mean, Melbourne, we know their, their inaccuracy over the last two weeks, um, and then obviously Gorn had an interesting moment oh. inside picket um, as well. So you know, the finals sometimes in these arm wrestles, these tight tight tussles, which which is what finals is all about. It does come down to some moments, and I think Carlton were on the luckier side of these moments, uh, probably on Friday night and. Are able enough to, to come away with a, a, a small win. Bryce Gibbs, all thanks to Toolkit Depot. Toolkit Depot, tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. Have a look them up. Toolkit Depot, they're online and in store. How do you feel, um, Bryce, for the guys that finally get to a final? You play with them, you know, Crips, the guys have been there for a long while. Weedering's another one, probably three or four others. Um, you, you're pleased for them? Oh, absolutely. And I think it was the last time Carlton won a final was the last time I played for him in 2013. So it had been a long time coming, but there was a lot of talk, uh, I think, last week when they played Sydney about, um, you know, not Carlton not playing in finals and Sydney coming off a grand final and had a lot of uh, finals experience. Would that be a key factor in the game? And, and I sort of didn't buy into that. I mean, Carlton, whether they're bottom of the ladder or their top of the ladder, still playing big games throughout the year when you talk of the rivalries with Collingwood and Essendon and yep. and these big, big clashes. So in terms of crowd and noise and, and expectations to win these games, there's still, even though they haven't played in finals in big games, I still think those big rivalry games count. That's the next best thing to finals. So they would have played, obviously, in, in multiple of these games over that 10-year period without playing finals. So I knew that the, the experience thing wasn't going to be an issue. And you, you just look at some of those names that you said, Cripps, um, Kerno, although he was getting double and, and mm. triple tagged on the weekend, he'll be pretty happy to see Harry Mackay come back in the side to, to help him out a little bit. But Sam Walsh is another one that's just was ready for the big stage. His last two weeks have been absolutely unbelievable and, and weedering. Um, Doherty, uh, with one arm, still finds a way to have some, <laughs> some big impact late in yeah. the game with, with, with a busted shoulder. So these guys, um, I'm so pleased that they get to taste of it. And, you know, you've just got to be playing well at the right time of the year for anything to happen. And we've seen them do that in the last two weeks. It's an amazing game, Bryce, isn't it? Uh, you know, earlier in the year, Michael Voss was no good, useless. Let's get rid of him. What are we going to do? The team was struggling a bit, and they had that magnificent team meeting. We've all been involved in them. 
the longer you're in footy, the more you hear about them. And all of a sudden, the magic meeting worked. And it would have been just blokes having a chat, maybe even having a quiet beer and just getting on with it. But the, did, you, did you hear anything about that magic meeting they had? Yeah, I think it was they headed down to Torquay or, yeah. or down the coast somewhere. And, and as you said, it, it probably can be built up more than, than what they actually are. But it was more just a, an opportunity when you get in those situations to, to spend time together. Um, you know, they might have a couple of honest conversations and it's all about sticking together when, when your backs are against the wall and, and things aren't quite going your way. So um, it's not the, the first time that's happened to a team that has been struggling and then we're able to turn it around. But uh, yeah, as you mentioned, the, everyone was calling for Voss's head. Uh, Cripps was no good. He, he was washed <laughs> yes. up now. And then it's pretty quick how it uh, can all turn around. I'm, I'm pretty proud of the club too, just, just sticking to the process because we know... Carlton in the in the past have probably gone the easy option and, and pulled the trigger, you know, sacking a coach or making some some list changes pretty quickly, whatever it is. So uh, I'm glad they stuck to the course and and they're getting rewarded for that now. Yeah, well said. I, I couldn't agree more. With that I mean, a lot of clubs just jump, don't they? I mean, he's a decent human being. He obviously knows his footy, Vossy, but what I, I just could not believe ninety six thousand plus at the MCG. The yeah. noise through yeah. the TV. Well, it's a grand final. It, went, I mean, uh, Crowd, isn't it, it was just amazing. It was electric. I, I just, I, I got hairs on the back. Went, this is unbelievable. You know, the Carlton faithful, didn't they attend in droves? Yeah, Carlton and Melbourne, oh, weren't they? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I read a stat uh, that there was more at that game than there was in the 95 grand final or something. That there was That's the biggest crowd they've played in Gee. since. Uh, the, the grand final before that. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy when you, you think of that. But um, after watching the Sydney game on, on TV, I thought, stuff this, I'm not missing out on this. So we jumped in the car on, on Thursday, took the family. Oh, uh, we're in attendance yeah. for the game. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't hurt a crowd like that. Uh, carry on and, and go bananas like they did as a, as a player or supporter. It was uh, it was pretty special to, to sit in the crowd and, and watch all that unfold. Um, you know, not many, uh, the nails, not many left on the fingertips, <laughs> but um, towards the end there. But yeah, it was uh, it was pretty pretty amazing and pretty special to be a part of. First prelim in 23 years. Uh, just to conclude our little segment view, uh, we see Sturt going to a grand final. Mm. Glenelg have been the Probably the best side all year, really. And, and they did beat Sturt by 20 goals in about round six or seven. Um, how do you see the grand final? Yeah, I, I think probably the, the two the two best sides all year, fittingly, will, will play off in the grand final. We know the Crows uh, and Port Adelaide sides, when they've got their you know, AFL-listed players and with no injuries, they're certainly very hard to beat. But um, in terms of consistency over, over the, the year, these two two teams have been standout um, in my eyes. So uh, I think Sturt might have got them in round one, so that they might be one apiece um, throughout the year. But um, it'll just be dependent. I suppose you look at it in two ways. Sturt have obviously been playing the last couple of weeks and, and Glenelg get, uh, you know, they play one game in, in three weeks. So yeah. depends which way you look at it. Do you, would you rather go in with a little bit sore, but a bit of continuity from week to week? Or is it better to go in fresh, uh, but without playing? Uh, against opposition much uh, in three weeks. So two, two sides um, that have been really good all year. I think I think Glenelg should go in favourites. They've got um, not many deficiencies throughout the, the whole ground. Uh, you know, we all know how potent their forward line is. And if they can supply, uh, you know, those guys with enough ball, Reynolds, McBean, Hosey, um, yeah. 
with, with enough service, I think they might be able to get on top. So uh, I hope it's a close game. Um, should be a cracker. And uh, looking forward to uh, calling it uh, on SEN uh, live on Sunday. Yeah, I, 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 they played a kick mark. I, I was surprised just to, I mean, they tackle hard, but they frustrated the Crows by just keeping the ball off them. Is that their normal style? Just they, they're prepared to go, you know, 15-metre kicks and then then sort of bang it in when they get closer to goal? Yeah, it was a little bit surprising. I certainly think it was a, a tactic from, from Marty Matt to, to keep the ball off the Crows. Um, they smacked them in and around the contest as well. So once they, they won the ball, they just kept it off them and, and made them defend because I think if you were to get into a, a slingshot with a team like the Crows who are you know really their running powers through the roof and they, they use the ball quite well, that's when they can hurt you. So it was a pretty smart tactic. It didn't make the game very exciting, but... Uh, just their ability to, to hold possession of the ball, make the Crows defend and kick enough of a score to hold on. Uh, that's all they really needed to do. So, yeah, it was pretty smart, actually, by, by the Sturt Footy Club. Should be a great game. See you Sunday, Bryce. Looking forward to it, Wilds. Bryce Gibbs there, play for Carlton, obviously. Drove over. How good's that? Fantastic. Drove over to see his old Fantastic. team and a few of his teammates. Yeah. And Max Gorm, we spoke about it. Boy. He only had to shepherd it through, Blighty. What's he doing? Yeah, He's almost... I just yeah, I reckon he what? made a decision. I, I I reckon I reckon the other guy could have touched. I reckon the guy could have touched. Maybe he did. Yeah, yeah but just looked bad with Gorn the last yeah, hand I know, there, didn't but it? Yeah, but, but he he went to go, and I, I didn't mind that. I'd rather that than not doing anything. Yeah, fair enough. Bryce Gibbs, our guest. Sports Day SA. Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Yeah, Malcolm Blight and David Wildey, Sports Day SA. And, uh, well, what are the port supporters? They've come out in, in strong voice, most having to go at Ken Hinckley, the club. They don't like losing. Not many do, actually, Malcolm, but uh, Port in particular take it uh, quite, quite hard, don't they? They do, and I mean, that's the passionate side of our game. We know that, and I think that Ken Hinckley knows that. I, you know, I was reading this morning where he said, well, I know the criticism's going to come, and, and it does. I mean, it does not matter who you are. doesn't matter how soft the seat is, how the land is. Losing finals is an interesting way for people to get to make their commentary, and that's what it is. Can I ask you some, some hard questions about Port Adelaide, but just wanted to talk about the leg up to Australia's fastest-growing tipping service. Keep an eye out for unique ambition in the upcoming VRC Oaks. I know you write these down, Blighty. You like the Oaks. They've had a look at the meeting at Randwick. We think that unique ambition is absolutely the one to follow. She's having her third career start despite still carrying the maiden tag. She's completely luckless in the T-Rose stakes behind Tis Invincible. So have a look at that. Trainer John Sargent to be stretched in the trip, and we think she's worth a ticket in the VRC Oaks. Unique ambition. Yeah, like that. Okay, Malcolm, what did Port do? Where do they go? Do they have to um, get rid of some of the old chairs in the, on the boat at the moment, some of the old deck chairs? Because a lot of players, for the second or third time, have failed the acid test. Yeah, I think the short answer to that is yes. And, and one, of you, one of the things is you've got to freshen it up again. Now, they did it, what, three years ago with the youngsters? Okay, they didn't have a great final on the weekend, but they've been really good kids coming up through. They'll be a year older, a year better. They'll learn more about that. And eventually what you've got to do, the rules say you've got to get rid of three off your list minimum, three minimum. So there's going to be more than that go. And it'll just be, well, it's a normal course of events, David. It's, it's not, a, you know, it's a headline for the person involved, but it's not as a club to actually tidy the list up. When you came to the Crows, you had a, you had a massive clean out. Everyone said, oh, gee, got rid of some great players. But it turned out that your decision was right. Guys like um, 
Mackenzie, Lysett, Dixon, and Boak, the durability just not there at the moment. No, they, it's they, not. No, um, I think, and they're, they're getting older. So, do, do you go with that still, or do you, or do they play some games and not all? Interesting. I mean, that's going to be the call, isn't it? It'll be what they can recruit in. Now, one of the things they've given away half the farm to get Jason Horn, Horn Francis. Francis last year. So, and he's going to be fine. I thought he played as well as anybody. Yeah, he's good. For, yeah, he's good. He's, Solid. He had a crack at everything. Um, but no, I mean, some of those guys will will walk away because that's what their body's telling them. A couple, the club might need to coerce. And thirdly, you can't get rid of everyone at all the time. But what they've got to do is find out what they've got underneath. And I just got this feeling now it was a watershed year for them to actually take that step to a grand final. Now they've missed. I've picked them. I thought at home they would be good enough, particularly after beating the same mob by eight goals. Can you honestly see, Malcolm, this squad they've got right here and now making a grand final next year? No, there, there, there is, <laughs> yeah. The injuries down back didn't help them, right? The injuries probably up forward. Their midfield's been strong all year, so I reckon they. they but they were found out on the weekend, weren't they? Yeah, but they did win thirteen in a row. Going out in straight sets sends alarm bells to everybody. Melbourne are going to go through the same thing now. See, I reckon Melbourne's list is is much much better than Adelaide's, and they're in the same spot as Port Adelaide. I think. If you look at pure talent, I think Port Adelaide are probably list number six. Okay, There's, I reckon the I reckon the sides above yeah, them are all better. Yeah, I think Adelaide are coming up too. As we said, they they might even pass them in the next year or so. Yeah, and that's why they've got three names coming: a ruckman and two defenders. That's what they're trying to do. How they're going to manage that? They're going to have to give away the farm of their draft picks for the next one or two years see, if I they do that. I don't see the three coming in though as being. You know, the, the golden goose that's going to win them a grand final or get them to a grand final. Like they, all people that haven't been able to make their own teams. Yeah, but are they better than what they've got? Well, Just say so Jonas has finished. Yeah, Jonas, Radigalia, you play him. I yeah, think he's I, I setting think up so. potential. He makes, so. yeah. he makes a team. Yeah. Zerk Thatcher's another backman, yeah. but has really struggled at Essendon to be a, a consistent player. And uh, Jordan Sweet for Lysette, or they've got Sam Hayes. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's a well beater. No, that's true, but it's also going to be backup. Now, that, or, as you say, Scott Lysett, where do you think he is? Do you, do you think he – is he still contracted? Well, I'm not quite sure. Um, good point. He may have won one more year, but he's had injury after injury. Yes, and yeah. he's a, he's an old-style ruckman, isn't he? Yes, he is. You know, but yeah. I reckon the guy who played on Briggs, who obviously – He's old-style. He's old-style too. But he, he's a bit more attacking. He gets the ball and kicks it forward. Yeah, no, he's actually he's – I like Briggs. Of, well, he, he, he hurt his shoulder too. I wonder if he'll play. <laughs> oh, he, he looks – yeah, he, he, he has a crack. play. Um, just want to play a grab too, bloody Ken Hinckley. He's under a lot of pressure. I don't think it's Ken's fault. I, I think, as I said, we've, asked, we've had this question many times. Said to Bryce, has he got the, as he squeezed the lemon dry? Maybe he has. Maybe he's got the best out of him. Ken Hinckley's saying, we weren't near our best in the last seven to eight weeks. It's reasonable to sit there and say that it's got to get better. I, I would say that we can't, we can't refute that. We've got to sit there and go, yeah, we definitely have to get better if we're going to win in September. We, we was no, you know, we had a great, run of 13 wins and we were playing some really strong footy but look the last seven or eight weeks for a number of reasons we weren't near that near that form for the last seven or eight weeks and it got showed up in the finals certainly did indeed and um a former best and fairest winner premiership player kane corns had this to say where port were killed in the midfield battle you look at in a big final how you've been absolutely smashed in the midfield in two finals in a row against good yeah. opposition. So that, that doesn't alleviate any responsibility well, the clearance, of that. The clearance like, numbers the clearance just, mid, midway through the second quarter. Just just extraordinary. So the Giants in the first half 
plus 77 touches, plus 18 in contested, plus 17 in clearances, inside 50s, plus 9, and 9 more scoring shots. They should have lost by 10 goals. That's the reality of it. Probably in two finals, to, to be fair. So they'll need to address that. They'll need to address the accountability of the midfield. Why did they go missing when it had been such a strength for them? Uh, they look like they have a lack of speed. At times, is just exposed with the Giants' running power. So that would be a question. Yeah, I, I think what Kane said is correct there. Now, Beaumont Tiles giving away a trip for two to America. It's the biggest game of football worth over $70,000. Your shopping store at Beaumont's between November 12 and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Yeah, the midfield, I suppose it starts there, doesn't it? You yep. get spanked there. Yeah, they did. They um, did. The kids have been good, though. I wouldn't write them off just yet. I think they'll learn from that. And you're right. The youngest kid was the best, Horn Francis, yeah. out of the three. I agree. But Butters and Rosie have had outstanding years. Of course they have. Outstanding years. So, well, there you go, Port Adelaide fans. There's always next year, but it seems a long way away. And, uh, well, it won't be – it will come fairly quickly. Malcolm Blunt and David Wildey, this has been Sports Day, I say.